Welcome to a new episode of These Go to Eleven. Let's turn it up. Hey everybody, welcome back to These Go to Eleven, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. This not only helps us to get our content out there, but also helps us to find out what you, our faithful listeners, think. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me as always, Greg Dutcher. Greg, what's going on, man? I love that we're in October because we're getting closer to all the fun stuff. Yeah, although week one of October has been pretty hot so far. Yeah, it has been. W- weren't we just saying that on the podcast? Well, it was nice and cool for a while. Yeah. Then you hit October, and you know you're going to get the uh, mid-Atlantic heat streak, which kind of stinks, right? You're, yeah. You're getting into fall mode. Everything's cooler, jackets. But it'll probably be hot for a week or two. Oh, who knows? It'll be Thanksgiving, and it'll be 75. Let's be real, though. It's not supposed to be horrible. I mean, the 80s are... Low 80s are doing yeah. It yeah. starts getting mid uh, with a high humidity. Yeah. That's not very close. I don't. I don't think we're headed for that, though. No, but I do love it. I love when the leaves start changing mm-hmm. and you get your seasons going and all that. So, and I'm, I'm just pumped about this month. This is going to be a good month. Yeah. We got Missions Month here on these Go to 11. Yes. So we spent last, uh, so we spent September last month talking about um, death and mourning. We talked about the joy that we have, the hope of heaven. Um, and now we're going to be, uh, October is traditionally myth- missions month within the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're just talking to uh, a lot of missionaries, some that uh, the church has supported, some that are just friends of mine. And uh, one that is not only a friend, but a family member and someone that the church has supported as well. So Yes. And let's get right to that. Can I have the privilege of the welcome? Yes. We in our studio are thrilled to have... The one and only Joy Bell, who is Nathan's lovely wife. Yep. Joy, welcome. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, Joy, you you admitted you're fired up and not nervous at all. That would be a lie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see how nervous your husband looked like before we started? Yeah. Terrified. Just butterflies. Shaking in the shoes. Nervous. Knees knocking. What I love is Nathan, I've seen him. He's able to chug a Coke Zero, eat a little bag of party mix splice dice do whatever he's doing on there as the intro is playing <laughs> that's my favorite dude sometimes when i've seen you get the last like chug as the intro is coming it's don't and i'm always waiting that the first line is going to be this huge belch <laughs> but it never is nathan i'm a professional dude you are a professional <laughs> podcasting i wait till about midway in and then i let it go <laughs> <laughs> And Joy, we do have a pause button, and as our audience knows, sometimes when we have like our our pizza or Chinese mm-hmm. delivered, uh, we will stop it, and uh, then we literally eat an hour, hour and a half, <laughs> tell a bunch of stories, come back, have no idea what we were talking about. So Nathan, have to go back like you go five back minutes. five minutes. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and then that's always exciting for me, dude. When you listen to it back, you're like, yeah, people have no idea. That we wolf down some sesame chicken. Well, they do because we tell. Oh, we do. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's why, Joe, we're semi professionals. Now, Joe, I'm going to cut Nathan out of this for a moment. Yeah. Uh, This whole missions thing and your trip that you did this summer, that's all wonderful. That's just a ruse. 
We brought you in here <laughs> because I think people want to know the true Nathan Bell story. We want to get the dirt. I want to get his worst moments. Oh, wait, Nathan. I, I don't think you could get any worse than me calling myself a douchebag here on the <laughs> podcast, <laughs> which I'm pretty sure I've done before. I think you have done that, dude. Yeah, the fact that you say, I'm pretty sure I've done that before, meaning this has probably happened on multiple occasions, is probably the sign. And remember, any parents watching, we always say we're more of a PG to PG-13 podcast. Right. We will avoid the R rating. Right. But every so often, we will slip into some, uh, Lisa always thinks it's funny when I say this, some adult humor. She goes, you think there's anything about this that is adult? <laughs> right? You know what I'm talking about, Joy. She's like, can you guys give it like the most, like, is there a rating just called middle school? Right? Accurate. <laughs> yeah. Joy, I will not have you embarrass Nathan intentionally. But if some great stuff comes out, I'm going to welcome it. Fair enough. Notice that's why Joy's on this, not Lisa. That's so we, we've got that all. I've got that all figured out. Um, Joy, give us your quick bio, like where you were raised, your family, anything you'd like to just share so our audience can know you better. Well, I am an MK myself. Yeah. So I was uh, born in Puerto Rico. Yep. I always say I'm the whitest person to ever come out of Puerto Rico. <laughs> Um, I think it's probably true, but, uh, my parents taught at a Wesleyan school there oh, nice. and, um, taught and my dad coached some sports teams and stuff. And then we came stateside when I had some health problems as a, as a child. So, and then God called my father into sports ministry. Yeah. So he had been an athlete all growing up and into college, but when he gave his life to the Lord in college, he felt like he was probably going to have to kind of give up the sports yeah. part, um, you know, lay down your idols uh, kind of mantra. And, um, you know, God in his redemptive beauty kind of redeemed that love for sports and was able to use that. And so we lived in Washington State and then in California. And then finally, I spent most of my growing up in North Carolina, yes. um, where they worked with primarily with a missions organization called MAI, Missionary Athletes International. And they used soccer as their platform to share the gospel around the world. So they would take trips overseas, uh, but then also stateside, we did clinics and camps. And then my dad founded the uh, professional men's soccer team, the Charlotte Eagles, down in North Carolina, and he coached them for the first four years um, and then helped to develop a global aspect uh, for MAI. I had forgotten that about the coaching, Nathan, and I shouldn't mm -hmm. have because he was a a guest in a previous iteration yeah. of this podcast yep. and we, he, he shared a lot of his experiences and his theology and i love the way he's fused um sports with scripture and i think you're right joe even the way you shared it there is this sense that a lot of young enthusiastic christians say, oh i gotta i gotta get rid of this you know a lot of people mm -hmm. oh i was gonna be a comedian or i was going to be a musician or an athlete or involved in that. right I, I meaning unless i'm a preacher a Bible teacher, yeah. a quote-unquote stand on a podium and preach on a mission field somewhere, I couldn't possibly do these things. That's a yeah. common yeah. um, conception. Well, I so, think it goes back to what you were talking about in church this past Sunday about giftings. Yes. And about, you know, our giftings are different and they come in a variety, but together they serve the community as a whole. Yes. And so sports unlocks doors in communities all across the world uh, that 
being a pastor and evangelist, you would never be able to oh. get through those doors in the first place. Absolutely. Um, but bring a soccer ball or a ping pong paddle, something like that. Yes. And you immediately draw a crowd. So I got to ask you, Joy, is, uh, have you, I don't know if I've ever asked you this, Nathan, have you watched Ted Lasso? No. Okay. Cause that, you know, mm-hmm. that's Jason Sudeikis is a, uh, he takes a, a soccer team in the UK after being a American football coach for years, he goes over there. That's the premise. premise. Oh, okay. Of your dad has watched that. Maybe I'm not sure. I was going to say there's probably a very rare niche of audiences that soccer coaches, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. right. Could, yeah. could appreciate. I, anyway, I don't know much about the show, but ask him about it. Will do. See if he has any uh, any takes. So that's a little quick bio, Joy. So what? Um, Give us college. I think you met somebody significant in college. A little someone. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Tell us about that, what you studied, what you're doing now, and um, your current venture. So I went to college at Houghton College, yep. which is in Houghton, New York, which is key for middle of nowhere. Yes. Um, it's in western New York, and it was a, a wonderful area. My parents had actually graduated from there, so that's what brought me up there. And... Um, God was just wonderful in that my parents moved to Ethiopia my sophomore year of college. And so there was a a wonderful community at Houghton. Um, So many people there knew my parents. And um, so even though they moved a continent away, it was, and I had a couple cousins there as well. So I had literal family and then the Christian family all close together. And then God provided also a wonderful group of friends, including Nathan and, um, so we started dating the fall of our sophomore year, mm-hmm. and then we got married uh, August before our senior year. So yeah. Oh, that's right. I always yeah. tell people we grew up <laughs> together. Yeah. I always forget that. You you actually shared a year of college as a married yeah. couple. We did. Yeah. We what, did. Was that, and what was that like, Joy? I don't want to hear what Nathan thinks. What was it like for you? So I always tell people the iconic story is our <laughs> our winter exam semester, and we were both in the same psych class. And my preparation for exams included a whole lot of flashcards and, you know, testing myself on the flashcards. Yep. And then I would periodically run into the room, thrust a flashcard in Nathan's hand and run down the list of whatnot. Nathan was in the other room and his version of preparation was playing the latest, I think it was a Spider-Man was Spider-Man, video game. Yeah. Whatever latest Spider-Man game came out in the winter of yes. 2004, Nathan was studiously applying his mm-hmm. his brains to that. Um, and, you know, insult upon injury, I'm sure we got somewhere around the same grade. Yeah. So, you know. Of course. They were of good course. grades, but nonetheless, I yes. was a little bitter. Still am. In other words, Joy, one, I won't say who may have worked a little harder at it. One of us. Just one of you may have worked. But but Nate, I'm convinced, like you said, when you were doing the Spider Man games, you were. There was a. You were integrating those. Oh yeah, he was exploring the psyche. Oh right. Absolutely. The the villain and the the hero wannabe. I was I was doing prep. I was maintaining my youthful preparation. (laughs) That would continue to guide me so that uh, even to this day, as I interact with the youth in our church and the youth at school, I understand the video games of the day and am able to engage them on that level. Yes. Uh, very well said. Good. Be- I, I mean, good, <laughs> good explanation of that. Yeah, uh, you had yeah. it right the first time. No, so I, I had that when I was in seminary. It's not with every subject. 
languages I always had a decent aptitude for. So my housemate, I guess not my roommate, we lived in a retired uh, Mennonite pastor's home, Pastor Fly, who uh, that dude was Fly. Anyway, uh, <laughs> wah, wah, he, Marty? Uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. Ooh, that would have been good if his first name was Mick. Anyway, he, uh, we were up on that third floor, and I spent all my time that first semester like just talking with Lisa because we were dating on our way towards engagement. And I would look at my like Greek cards or whatever, you know, half hour later that night, and he'd be doing it all night, and I just I'd do fine. I'd get A's on all the quizzes, and he's working his butt off getting a C. And then uh, there may or may not have been a night where uh, he sort of let me have it a little bit because <laughs> he, I, you know, I, Shock and I have a loud voice, so he could always hear me talking. Felt like he knew more about my relationship with Lisa than he should uh, because he heard everything. And then, like, the one night he's like, yeah, dude, I don't know. I'm up here trying to prepare for ministry. And he goes, I'm not saying you're not, but it's like, man. I said, well, can of course. I, I, sh I share the same thing. Like, why do you think I came up here? He goes, honestly, I feel like you came up here to talk on the phone. Uh, <laughs> so I, uh, I resonate, dude. But I was telling him I was just sharing all that biblical information with Lisa to to build her faith. Ah, See, how Jordan. kind of you. I was. I was I was other centered. <laughs> Poor Lisa. <laughs> You're not kidding. You're not kidding. Um, so I love it. So you guys, that's awesome. We're married your senior year. And um, major what you studied and where that took you. I majored in English with too many minors. Minors yeah. in Spanish, intercultural studies, and psychology. Oh, actually. that's a lot of minors. It was. But it all serves me well with teaching. Oh, it sure does. And what and you teach? I know what you teach, but for I, our audience. I teach um, at Redeemer, like Nathan. Mm -hmm. uh, I teach right now humanities for 8th and ninth grade. Yep. So that's the blend of English and history. Yep. And then I am also the yearbook advisor, and I plan and oversee the classical tour. Yes, and actually, I never thought of that, but your education served you well because humanities, which I do love about that classical model, is cross-curricular. Mm -hmm. right. So it's not just like, okay, you're teaching English. Here are the four books we're going to read sure. and the essays and the stories. It touches on history, culture, uh, literature, of course, um, theology, Bible. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just it's all integrated. Right. So all of your experiences prepped you really well. Uh, and if I can just say, Nathan, I love that you two for the last few years have been at the same school. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when you weren't. <laughs> and you were taking a trek of a lot, yeah. a lot farther away. Yes. And that was uh, that was an interesting time. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys have one car. We do. So you. We had two back then. That's but right. When yeah. we both got to Redeemer, yeah. we yep. gave up the second. That makes sense. Yeah. It yep. makes sense, right? Save a little on insurance and yep. all that. Yep. So you have to kind of juggle. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Joy. You've often gotten Nathan here when to adjust to my schedule. So <laughs> just a little bit of an inside baseball for our audience that knows. I want to thank you, Joy, because thank you for lending your wonderful husband to this great enterprise <laughs> because I know it's a sacrifice of time, et cetera, but that, that means a lot. All right, Nathan, I'm doing all the talking. How do you want to set this yeah, up? Yeah. Um, so, you know, as, as Joy mentioned, teacher, um, real quick, um, tell us about your family Yeah. because I think that's going to blend and let us into our subject of missions. Okay. 
Sure. So uh, as I said, we're, I'm a, an MK, so my parents are missionaries, have been my whole growing up. Um, my growing up years, there were four of us. I'm the oldest, three girls and a boy. And my brother faithfully pl- prayed for a brother uh, all of those years because he was stuck <laughs> with the three of us girls. Oh, boy. Didn't work out. And, um, and then, like I said, when I was in college, my sophomore year of college, my parents moved to Ethiopia, where yep. they lived for three years. And um, they just had a wonderful time there. Um, God really blessed the ministry there, but my family as well just developed some really wonderful friendships with people there and uh, missionary families, but also local families as well. Yeah. And, um, and then God brought them back. And though they intended to go back overseas, there were just things that popped up in life that kind of blocked them from, mm-hmm. from going back overseas. And so my youngest sister, when they moved back, my brother was a junior in high school, and my youngest sister was uh, sixth grade or so maybe. And um, she, seventh grade, seventh grade, I think it was. Anyway, she um, always was after my parents to adopt um, more kids, and she preferably wanted African kids because yeah. having spent three years in Africa, um, so she like lived for years on the North Carolina State Adoption Registry, wow. and she always she had a penchant for finding groups like mm-hmm. family groups. She'd pull them up to my mom and look, mom, there's these kids. We could adopt these kids, and yeah. my mom was like, um, you know, we're, we've really busy right now like mm-hmm. I just don't think I can do small children you know babies again because yeah. there were always babies in the bunch and yeah. um and you know so we we all grew up I I was married at that point my sister Danielle got married my brother Kyle went to college um and then in uh 2011 my parents called us up I think it was a Saturday morning mm-hmm. and um my dad said what do you think if we have another kid And I just laugh because my dad says this all the time because his parents were 52 and 48 when he was born. Wow. And so he, yes. So he likes to like tease my mom and my mom would, Brian, that's not (laughs) funny. And (laughs) so I just kind of laughed and blew it off. And then they said, no, you know, we've been given this opportunity. Uh, My mom had a friend who was a social worker who had brought this um, family to them. It was three boys and uh, they were 11 uh, seven or eight, um, eight, 11, eight and five at the yeah. time. And, um, would you considering adopting them? And mm. she said, I thought of your family because I know you weren't planning on adopting right now, but that you've talked about it. And the boys are African. They're from Ghana. They uh, love to play sports mm. and the youngest is five. So mm. there's no, you know, there's no diapers or nope. potty training or, you know, bottles or anything like that. And, um, so they talked. Three of us kids were moved down to the house by that point. Yeah. So they called all of us up. What do you think? You know, these would be your brothers. And my brother, of course, was thrilled because here he was getting three brothers. Yeah. So then it would be four to three after all of these years. Wow. And, um, you know, so God does answer prayer. It yes. takes a while sometimes. But, um, yeah. And uh, so and we were all, yeah, we'd love to. We'd love to have brothers. We'll come down. Mm. We'll, you know. Make sure that we're there for Thanksgivings, Christmases, you know, whenever we couldn't be. And so one week later, uh, my parents uh, visited and picked up the boys. So the boys had actually been adopted by another family mm-hmm. in the United States about two years prior. Mm-hmm. And the family just had a really tough situation. A lot of different dynamics happen. And 
they felt like they couldn't keep the boys anymore. Okay. And so it's called a disrupted adoption. And so yes. that's what had led to this. So they had been here in the States uh, already. And um, so they came to live with us. And so that was November 11th, 2011. So oh. Nathan and I uh, headed, you know, we made phone calls down to them. And then this was before iPhone video, at least before we had iPhones sure. at yeah, that point. Yeah. We had little flip yeah. phones still. And um, so we went down for Thanksgiving and, you know, welcomed the boys, had wow. a big, big family. And I think Danielle and her husband got down there for Christmas that year. And so my parents had actually had their first grandchild at that point. Danielle had had her first child in August of that year. Wow. So my parents were 51 when the boys joined our family. So little little Abraham and, and Sarah going on there. I was going to say. But um, we've been so richly blessed. The boys have been such a wonderful addition to the family. And wow. uh, then this summer, we had the opportunity to travel to Ghana and meet many members of their biological family. And so yeah. our family just doubled or tripled in size after that. Right. Yeah. So they were, just so I'm clear, Joy, they, the boys were 11, 8, and 5, you said? Yes. So they are today... Uh, let me can I can I do that math? Twenty three, close to twenty three, uh, twenty and seventeen. Yes. Hey. So yeah, can we Josh. Just stop the podcast. <laughs> Hold on, let me just celebrate. Call that a, a success. Bit. <laughs> well I'm done. just so happy. That well I got done. That. Yeah. Yeah, Josh will be twenty four in December. Okay. So. so cool. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Uh, so just so I'm clear, the I have heard of disrupted adoption, mm -hmm. and I think that's one of those things. You know. You just don't hear about, right? Because it's often—I hate to say it—but most adoption stories, when they're shared in church settings, are kind of—and I'm not mocking that they should be—are victory stories, right? Right. Here is a child or children that did not have a permanent home, right? Yeah. So right. Living in a in a foster center or something like that, but it does happen because life is real, yeah, and it doesn't always quite work. So the family that had them first, just so I'm clear. Uh, and it did not work out. The boys stayed in the states. They didn't go back to Ethiopia during that time. No, no, they're from. So they're from Ghana. Oh, why and, did I yeah, say Ethiopia? That's fine, Ghana, because my course. family lived there. Yes. So yes. The um, yeah, the boys left Ghana when I think Gideon was about two. Yep. When they left Ghana, and so Josh would have been around nine. Okay. And um, so they came back to the states. The other family, at least the dad, I. I can't remember if any other members of the family, but the other American father had actually traveled to Ghana yeah. and to the orphanage in Accra, the capital. Yeah. And he, um, that's where he found the boys. And then he actually took the boys back to their home village to say wow. goodbye to their biological family wow. before bringing them stateside wow. uh, to be part of his family. So can I ask, Joy, it, it, you may not know because you were, as you said, you were already married, but... Were the boys, did it take them a little longer to acclimate because they had been with another family? I don't know if there's a hesitancy, a sense of, oh, okay, we're now living with a new family. A any sense of what that adjustment was like? Um, you know, I think my parents and Joanna, uh, Joanna had just graduated high school in May mm -hmm. that year, but she was still living at home at the time. And, you know, I think um, they were very much, you know, this is your forever family. Wow. But really understanding that that's hard to, it's going to take a while to sink in right because this is your third family yep. now um and so i think uh 
um, you know, I, I think it certainly did affect them, has affected them yeah. um, in, in many different ways. Um, but I think to, you know, I'm, I know that my, my dad was very careful to sit down with the boys and explain that it, it doesn't matter what you believe or how you behave, mm-hmm. we are forever. Yeah. You, we will always be your family. You, you know, we are a Christian family, yep. but you, whether or not you ever make a decision for Christ, mm. you know, we love you. Yeah. We are your mom and dad. These are your siblings. We love you forever, no matter what. Wow. Um, and so I, we, there was a lot of intention, intentionality mm-hmm. in trying to um, bridge what I'm sure was hesitancy and uncertainty oh, sure. and, and all of that. Um, but, um, yeah, God, God's been very gracious. Wow. That's, that's awesome, Joy. <laughs> And then, uh, if I may, Nathan, yeah, that's I think you've set the stage well. Your unique opportunity this summer, which is, I think of it as part missions trip, but it's a lot more than that in light of the history sure. you shared. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, tell us about that. Um, so my, uh, the, the boys have family, their mom and three siblings, uh, in addition to a bunch of extended family, mm. are still over in Ghana. And so um, shortly after uh, we had the boys come to, to our family and uh, my parents were in contact with one of the orphanage workers in Ghana and they learned that the boys still have living family. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad made contact with some ministry partners we have in Ghana and tried to see if they could locate the boys' family. Mm-hmm. And it took a while because yeah. um, there's no, you know, whitepages.com right. where you just plug in, um, you know, a, a local address and names and and look and find it. So, um, but when Josh turned 16, they had found the boys' family. And so wow. for his 16th birthday, uh, we surprised him with a Skype call. Wow. And um, so mom was there and some of the siblings and then their grandmother was still living at the time as well. Um, and she was the only believer in the family. Um, and so it was a neat opportunity to connect with her. Wow. And uh, so that was when Josh was 16. And then um, when Josh graduated high school, which was spring of 2018, he uh, we found out that one of his uncles so the village that they live in actually has a, a connection with Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. And so they weave baskets, beautiful oh. handmade baskets, and th- that are sold in Whole Foods and other local shops here in the States. Yeah. And so one of the boy's uncle, Uncle Abdullah, is kind of the overseer, uh, overseer of that. He's in charge of the whole production. So he was coming here to the States. Wow for a conference down south and it was right around the time of Josh's graduation. So my dad found out and arranged for Uncle Abdullah to fly up to my parents' home in Virginia Mm. and be there for graduation. So, and that was such a wonderful time because it was the first time the boys were reunited with biological family. We were able to be introduced to him. He taught us the family um, clap, cheer, yeah. at which I can't do because I have no sense of rhythm. <laughs> but, but, you know, and, um, you know, again, like he Skyped yeah. the um, graduation ceremony back into the village in Ghana. Wow. And um, it was just, you know, so wonderful to be able to connect. And then I think it was, 
well, it must have been the following year because two years later would have been COVID. So spring right. of 2019, my dad took a, a men's team from Liberty University mm-hmm. uh, through his job there. And he took a team over to the village in Ghana. Yeah. And uh, so they were playing sports. They played soccer and did clinics and that kind of stuff. But they got to meet the family. Yeah. So my dad got to personally meet and hug their mom wow. and several siblings. So they have two brothers and one sister. So my dad uh, told their sister, you know, you have more sisters yeah. in the United States. And the next time I come, I will bring the boys and I will bring you sisters. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So uh, it took a while, uh, thanks to COVID and, uh, and other life complications to uh, make that a reality. But that's what we were able to do this summer. Wow. Joe, that's incredible. <laughs> I mean, this, Nathan, any other missionary we talk to probably isn't going to have this story. Uh, I think that's safe to say. (laughs) I I think that's safe to say. (laughs) This is a fascinating, honestly, Joy, I don't know if anybody's talked about it. This is stuff that somebody should probably write. Honestly, no. No, I'm laughing because in Ghana, uh, the Ghanaians we worked with over there, uh, different ministry partners, they kept telling us, you need to write this Uh, down, your family story, you need to... I said, I don't know who you think is going to write that down. They were like, you need to write yeah. it down. I'm like, I don't think that's going to happen. Was, you know what they're thinking? If only one of our family was uh, family members was a teacher. Right. Maybe <laughs> taught humanities. <laughs> where an emphasis on writing, research, right. yeah. rhetoric, No, no, don't encourage yeah. that. <laughs> don't All encourage right. that. Uh, I'm making a note to self. Uh, you need wow. a new book, Greg. You can write our story. I, I, oh, yeah. In your My free goodness. time. That's right. That's right. Um, so tell us what just what was it like going over there? You know, it was amazing. Yeah. It was, I mean, there was one part, and I don't want to stereotype that. I mean, Africa's the continent. Yeah. The countries are all very unique with sure. all of their different groups mm-hmm. and languages. But there is something about Africa. Yeah. Um, the people there are just so welcoming, so loving. Um, the focus is on people yeah. and not things. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's just wonderful. And there's there's so much beauty there. Yeah. It's it's so very different than the States. Right. Um, but it's just so beautiful. So we were... Looking forward to being back on the African continent. Um, We were looking forward to taking the boys back um, to to see their family. And then I think right before the trip, all of a sudden there were some nerves um, from some of us in the family. You know, how how is this going to go? You know, I mean, we're their family, but we're going to meet more of their family, yeah. their biological family. Yeah. And so there's that, you know, that nervousness of will, are we still going to be family right. when we come? Where do we fit now? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, this is the culture. This is their culture. This yeah. is, um, you know, th- this is this is their land, right. you know? Wh- where's our, our place yeah. in that? Um so, you know, there there was, I th- you know, there were some nerves beforehand, um, but God was just so, so wonderful. When we landed, we spent a couple of days in Accra, in the capital. Mm-hmm. And um, so, like you said, it, it was part mission trip, part family. Yeah. Um, but I really, and I struggled to articulate before I left 
to people what exactly this was. Yeah. And my dad, who has the words, is it was a vision trip. Yeah. It was a vision trip. How can our family come alongside this family mm-hmm. in this community and in this country and affect change for wow. Christ? Um, and so there were many different steps in, in that Um making some connections mm-hmm. with local business leaders and local ministry leaders, um, making connections within the local community where yeah. the family lived, um, and, um, you know, just just loving on them and opening doors. Yeah. Uh, the village where the family is from is a Muslim village. Mm-hmm. Their, their family is a Muslim family. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are two mosques in the village, but no church. Interesting. And um, uh, so God was... You know, we had some things on paper, you know, we want to meet with this person, we're going to see if this can work out. And God was just so gracious because he, uh, we had one meeting on the books in Accra um, with uh, an individual named Patrick, and he runs a, he used to be a a big time uh, business leader there, and then he left the business world and uh, opened up a center for uh, ministry workers. Mm. And uh, so people from all over the continent and from other countries, other continents as well, can come and meet together and plan together. Um, it's also a, a respite center. He, They are building a uh, water bottling plant where they can employ local people. Yeah. So just, you know, reaching out in different ways. So we had this meeting on the book with Patrick. And while we were there, God brought a number of other men, business leaders and ministry partners who just happened to drop by to visit Patrick at the same time we were there. And we discovered all of these connections that we had and and different ways that, you know, maybe we can partner with them and their ministries as well in the future. So there were all sorts of things like that. So no, no church, though, in the village itself. No church in the village. Do so, you know where the nearest one is in terms of distance? Um, well, the nearest one that we attended was about 30 minutes. Oh, wow. By bumpy taxi yeah. van thing. So, um, yeah, it's a ways. Again, can I just – we talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Think how, like, think how radical that is from our experience. Right. Where could we go anywhere here sure. and not find a church – Within ten minutes, yeah, right. I mean, almost anywhere in the oh, state. Five minutes, five really. Minutes I mean, yeah. It it and we're so used to it. Yeah, that is true. But two mosques. Yes. I don't think I knew that about Ghana. Is that is that true across the country? There's a large, or just that that area. That area. So that area. Um, so when we left Accra, we actually took a flight to Bogotanga, mm-hmm. um, or sorry, we took a flight to Tamale. And uh, the flight was about 45 minutes. And then we drove two and a half hours. I call it the African massage, mm-hmm. you know, kind of bumpy, <laughs> yeah, bumpy, right, jolty yeah. bus ride. The massage ride, you don't want, mm-hmm, right? Uh, to Bogotanga. Yeah. And then their village, um, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation here, but I think it's something like Noriega. Uh-huh. That was, sounds good to me. Was uh, about 30 minutes from there. Yeah. And um, so... We actually worshipped at church uh, with one of our ministry partners there. Yeah. Um, so my dad, when when he was in uh, Ethiopia, he was there to start 
for a mission organization called SIM. Mm -hmm. um, who, SIM has had a presence around the world, including Africa, for over 100 years. Yeah. But they didn't have a sports ministry. Yeah. So my dad and his partner, Trip Johnston, came along to um, develop that. And so yeah. they developed a curriculum to train nationals how to use sports in their local communities wow. to open, uh, to share the gospel, to open yeah. the doors for Christ. And so that uh, curriculum has spread to Asian countries and many, many different African countries. And so one of those sports friends chapters is in uh, Ghana. Wow. So we were able to connect with them. Yeah. And so we worshiped at church there, which was amazing, uh, you know, so different than a, a church experience here. I'm sure. Um, and, and fabulous in its own way. You know, yeah. I mean, Matt and our team here does wonderful job with the music yep. and it's amazing. But there's something, you know, from the American standpoint, you're in kind of like a cement type building where the the music is definitely clanging off the walls yeah, and yeah. too loud. Like it literally took me a couple minutes to realize they were singing in English because I just couldn't distinguish couldn't, what they wow. were saying, you know. And so from an American perspective, you're like, it, it seems a little jarring. Yeah. But the joy, yeah. the joy that is there. Um, mm. And, you know, and it's so wonderfully interactive. Yeah. Um, you know, you're walking up and down and, and grabbing hands with people and um, hugs and, yeah. um, you know, just arms around each other. And at one point, uh, my brother's called it the conga line. Yeah. You started around the church oh, yeah. singing yep. to the music. And, um, it's an introvert's know. worst nightmare. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it is. It is for sure. Yeah, and, and um, this is what George, uh, Matt Smith would call, uh, let's use the technical biblical term, the Holy Ghost train. Right. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Yes, go ahead. exactly that. <laughs> but it was so... Um, it's so uh, real, yeah. so genuine, yeah. you know, and we, we're in many ways encumbered yeah. here in the U.S. by expectations yeah. and by, well, we don't want to do it denominationally that mm. way because we, we're this denomination. Yeah. And that's more for, you know, the charismatics right. or something right. along those lines. Sure. Um, and so uh, in true typical African style, uh, my father found out about while we were in the car that he was preaching, uh, we were about, we were like on the path oh driving to the church and yep. he was preaching and our, um, ministry partners asked us if, if my sister and I wanted to go to children's church. And yeah. we said, yes, we didn't realize that meant we were doing children's oh. church. <laughs> so, um, you yeah. know, we were, we were on, on YouTube and you were recalling all of our children's songs yes. and, um, you know, Father <laughs> Abraham, what, what are oh, all the songs yeah. with the hand motions we can Left do arm, and all. Right and, arm. You know, but it was just, it, we had a wonderful time. And the leaders yeah. there do a wonderful job. I mean, uh, thankfully, Joanne and I didn't have to deliver the message in children's church. Yes. Uh, they already had leaders there who were doing that and, yeah. and just doing an amazing job. Um you know, touching the kids with real life yep. things, yep. and um, so yeah. love it, love it, Joy. So let's let's bring this home to here. So you, I, I always love to talk to people. Short term trip, long term. You were there. Was it ten days? Ten days. Ten days. That's 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 a good chunk of time. Um, it's probably a few days just to get acclimated, right? Sure. And to kind of get used to it, and then you come back. Um, I just want you to free wheel through this joy what like what things stood out to you because i've never talked to somebody that's had an experience like this that doesn't have some takeaway when they get back here to the states sure um 
I think, you know, the family, when they welcomed us into the village, was so unbelievably gracious in their welcome. Um, Understandably so. They were thrilled, so excited to see the boys. Uh, When we drove up in our van, the whole village had turned out. And they wow. had drums, and they were dancing, and they were yeah. singing, and and the the van pulled up, and we realized later uh, that we were supposed to be continuing through, but people are are banging on the oh. doors, and and then we we started to recognize some of the family members there, yeah. you know, there's Azume, there's their sister, yeah. you know, and and we're reaching through the windows, and you know, so we're opening the doors, and we spill out, and again, understandably, you know, they're grabbing the boys and yeah. they're hugging the boys and. But they're doing the same to my sister, myself, wow. my mom, yeah. my dad. Um, and they don't have to. No. Um, you know, I mean. Such they, a warm Such a, a warm welcome. Yeah. And wow. uh, just so incredible um, to be welcomed that way. You yeah. know, I once we finally made our way into the family. Nope. Once we <laughs> finally made our way into the family compound, we... Um, you know, we were just hugging the immediate family yeah. members. And I just cried. I didn't expect to. Wow. But I just cried holding one of their brothers because mm. this is – the my brothers are their brothers. Yeah. And they haven't had them for 15 years. Wow. And I, I can't imagine not having my brothers. Yeah. Um, you, and and oh, so yeah. to um, – you know, and I think that kind of just gave me a small glimpse into, you know, God's love yeah. for us. It's so, so deep. Yeah. Time away does not change mm. the depth of your love. It's so big that it welcomes. It has room for everyone. Yeah. Um, it is not jealous mm-hmm. of, of what, well, I'm their sister mm-hmm. and you're their sister and which, you know, which of us... Yeah, who's got the inside track and right. who doesn't? Yeah. yeah, who's who's got their place? You yep. know, one has the past and one has the present, and we both want to move into the future. Yeah. Um, and there's there's none of that. Wow. You know, God is the the past, the present, and the future all all in there together, and He's yeah. loved us from the very beginning uh, yeah. before we we realized. Um, and there's there's a a graciousness there too in um in interacting with one another yeah. you know here in the u.s we become very prickly shall i say <laughs> when it comes to differences yes. whether they be political religious cultural uh, we are very quick to take offense and yeah. to assume uh, the worst often yeah. unfortunately um, and to be unable to understand nuances yeah uh, things are very black and white in some ways yeah and so uh but over there like i said the the community and our family over there is a muslim family and they could not have been more welcoming to us um they always we prayed many times together and they would pray they would always ask us also to pray yeah and um they allowed us um opportunities to share and um they even talked uh, with my dad uh, on one of our last days there about the possibilities of opening a church uh, in the wow. area. And um, and again, in, in the U.S., I just, 
I feel like we've lost some of that mm-hmm. in the more recent years. Well, um, I'm that hearing... ability to bridge differences. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As you know, Joe, we, your hubby and I talk about that quite a bit, <laughs> and I miss it. I miss the opportunity just to talk to people and civilly disagree mm-hmm. and still get up from the table and man, I like you. Right. Mm-hmm. We we saw. It. I I've told you uh, this name. My my father-in-law Steve you know who um, passed 12 years ago uh, and my dad who I'm very thankful to still have politically opposite and they uh, I, I see it occasionally they got along mm-hmm. even though they were polar opposites mm-hmm. yeah on their politics polar opposites because there was something I don't know my dad always says it now I get his takes and Steve has gone on to heaven but his take is, well, I think when you share, you know, you know, his daughter married you, Greg, and we we just instantly felt invested in them. Sure. And there was love and there was you know, affection. There was support. It was just instant. And, you know, that's kind of my dad's nature anyway. So I always hold out hope. But I, it's, yeah, it's very, it's very uh, polarized here. And I, everybody I've ever talked to that goes anywhere in Africa, Anywhere, you're reinforcing what I've heard. There is just a, um, I don't know what you would call it, a prior a prior, prioritization of relationships and yes. people over yes. tasks and stuff. Yes. Um, which, let's just face it, lends itself to, you know, I always view it every personality, every culture, there are things built into that culture that kind of lend themselves to some of the more positive aspects embedded right in the gospel mm-hmm. where it meets culture. And then there's other things that aren't, but that's one of them, uh, hands down. And, uh, I'm thinking, Nathan, why are we living here? This place <laughs> sucks. <laughs> well, <laughs> but see that, yeah. that is one of the traps of especially short term trips. Yeah. So many people come back feeling guilty yeah. and very judgy of, yeah. American culture. Yeah. Um, and don't, I mean, certain parts of it definitely need to be judged. Yeah. But the, I think it's very easy to come back with this guilt. We have so much. Yeah. We're mired down in too many obligations. I have too much stuff. Mm-hmm. We have such nice stuff. And so many people have very little. Yeah. And, and our lives are so complicated by all of our activities and all of our things. Yeah. But over there, there, there is a simplicity mm-hmm. um, in many ways. And yet, um, well, a couple things. I mean, God has called us here, yep. um, for one. And number two, uh, the resources that the United States has and that American Christians have can be very helpful yeah. um, in other parts of the world uh, when used correctly. And... Yeah. Um, you know, it, it is a different life here too. You know, we tried to, um, even as we, again, the rest of us had kind of traveled overseas before, but the boys hadn't been back in so many years. So we were trying to, um, kind of help them prepare for bridging the gap of what it's like to be American and come from the American culture and go to another culture and kind of expectations and all of that sort of thing. And, um, you know, we so often come home and we're rich, and we are yeah. comparatively in a global scale. Yeah. 
but in the culture that we're in, there's a high cost to living yeah. here, a, a financial cost, um, but th- there's also a toll on, on family and relationships. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think we need to be aware of those sorts of things. Yeah. And we talk about the simplicity of life over there, but it is a, a, a simplicity with relationships, but that's fraught by many dangers nonetheless. Oh, um, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, political uh, dangers and, and problems, economic issues, yep. much more severe than than what we're, we're dealing with here. And so, you know, sometimes I think we come back and we, we oversimplify. I think that's you it. You know, and it's, it's that, oh, what are we doing here? We yep. should just go there. Yep. Um, and God needs people to go. Yep. He certainly does. But he also needs people to stay and dig deep here. Yeah because there's much to be done, and it's hard work. Yeah, yeah that's hard. well said, Joy. I, I do think you're right, the oversimplification. Um, you know, and you want to make decisions in life in the aggregate over time, right? It's, it's the old principle. I've, I learned that in college, right? Never shop when you're hungry. <laughs> Don't go grocery shopping when you're hungry. And you buy so much crap. Everything. Because everything looks good. They say, go get a full meal somewhere. Even if you bulk up on oodles of noodles or ramen noodles, right? Whatever you do in college, get yourself full, then go shop. You'll make yeah. better decisions. Yes. Um, which, Joy, obviously, I, I know a little bit of the way you think, having uh, for a short time taught in the classroom across from you. You taught um, in my classroom. Oh, right? I did teach you in your classroom. You taught in my classroom. <laughs> That's right. Yes, you yes, did. Boy, that feels like a million years ago. Um, Just 15. Yeah, that's true. Wow. Boy. Yeah, that might as well be. Yeah, I call that 60 pounds ago, and 40 of that was hair. Uh, <laughs> no, it wasn't. No. <laughs> You're like, maybe maybe an ounce was hair. Touche, dude, touche. Um, Joy, that was fantastic. Anything else you want to tease out as we wrap up here? This was a really good yeah, I, intro I mean, I think, to this uh, theme. I think a couple things, you know, just that, that we've emphasized. Uh, one... The, the lack of social media um, oh. really lends to building better relationships yeah. where you have to be face to face. You have to actually sit down with this person at a meal and have a conversation with them versus here. We, we've so integrated social media into our life. Yeah. I mean, Greg, think about when you and I uh, were growing up and, and, you know, joy too, but different experience, right? We would go to the arcade and we would interact with people, right? I didn't go to the arcade. Yeah, she didn't go to the arcade. <laughs> joy didn't go to the arcade. I, I was in a book somewhere. Dude, she was reading a book or she was at church. Right, right. She was in MK, that's, dude. That's true. MKs make PKs look like the weenies of the world, right? They're like, forget it. MKs hardcore. <laughs> the PKs are the whiny, soon to be deconstructing people. I know it, but anyway, but, yes. But you know, we we would go to the arcade and hang out and yep. have conversation. I mean, you got to know strangers playing a video game together. I know. There's none of that now because I can hop online and instantly be connected with a hundred other people across the world. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know their their face. I don't know their political views. I don't know who they are. And so all I know is that in this game we connect. Right. That's very superficial. I'm not. I, 
there's nothing wrong with that, right? Wait, you but, don't think you can have a deep abiding <laughs> right. relationship with a guy whose name is Shoot 'em Up Twelve Seventeen? Right. No, the guys Greg, that no we do not. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, um, let me answer that clearly. Very but, true. But you know, the 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 idea that you you're face to face with these people all the time. You're working together in the village for a common purpose, for yeah. a common goal. Uh, that you have to resolve your issues because, well, you know, I can't just ignore you on Facebook yeah. or I can't unfriend you. I'm going to be seeing you That's the next day. Point. We're going to be working together. That's a great point. Um, and so, you know, just reminding people that relationships are not built online. They they can they can you know grow and develop to a certain extent, but the reality is. Relationships need to grow face to face. Yeah, you don't take it to the next level yeah. in any friendship connection until you're yeah. you're you're sharing space. Yeah, that just does seem to be the way we're wired. It's you know what's interesting, guys. You know Isaac, since you both know my my third. I mean, you know all my kids, but Isaac. happy birthday, Isaac! Yes, the day we record, he is seventeen. Woo woo! And you know what he learned is he said he remembers this when he was six. I made a promise that I probably never should have. Because uh, I, w- I was drinking a uh, adult beverage, uh, and then he of course wanted a sip, which none of my kids ever wanted um, until Isaac. So uh, I didn't give him a sip when he was six. I may have given him a sip when he was about twelve or thirteen, and I told him, "You know, Isaac, in Mexico, you can drink an 18. And uh, do I know that, uh, Joy, from my extensive missiological research? No, I know it from Kenny Chesney. <laughs> I'm going to sit right here and have another beer in Mexico. And then Fantastic. I Googled it and thought, uh, yeah, there it is. So he's expecting uh, this time next year that we're going to be in Mexico and he's going to share his first beer with me. And right. I said, yeah, we're going to see what the budget looks like. <laughs> he may be waiting another three years until so he can that's, share it here. That's a, uh, that's a few more shifts over yeah. at the horizon there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's going to have to work a lot of shifts. But Isaac, when he has done the Young Life summer camps. Mm-hmm. You know, they take away their phones. Mm-hmm. Yep. I remember when I heard that, I almost felt angst for him because I thought Isaac or any teenager without their phone for like a week. And you know what? Both times he's done it, and on the weekender trips they do as well, they're going to do one this fall. Uh, they love it. Yeah. yeah. I think they probably do go through a little mini detox the sure. first day or two. Yeah. But they don't get them back until the end of the trip. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, oh my goodness, you mean they don't need it in their hands every second? Right. Just like we didn't have it in our hands. Right. You can, there's a camp nurse. Parents could call in an emergency, yeah. right. the, the, the center on camp. And uh, he said, uh, I don't think he would mind me saying this, his stress level dropped so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just hanging out with yeah. friends. Face to face, like yeah. you just said. Wow. Well, as educators, uh, we've we've done the study. That, well, the, the study's been done, but yeah. the research is out there that the reason, you know, I mean, if you're ever looking at your children, why they're so stressed, it it's cell phone, it's technology. Yeah. You want to help them, then control that. Yeah. Side note, soapbox. Nope, sorry, I agree, dude. Um, but hundred percent. But that will significantly help with anxiety and stress Um, helps them sleep better too we've learned that yeah yeah absolutely the the other thing as as we're wrapping up here you know kind of connecting the missions is you know the idea of you are going to a foreign land and you're a guest in that land and so going in and and if you know 
you were to go enjoy with your family or anyone were to go into this country with your Americanized version of, you know, you better listen to me because I know best. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you guys are worshiping a false religion and false, you know, and you go in with that bravado, Mm -hmm. it's going to shut down the mission field real quick. Absolutely. Um, And, and so just again, like, talking what what we've said so many times here, Greg, that that we need to be viewing as believers that if we are here and we're called to America, we're called as missionaries. Absolutely. And we need to view this as the mission field, and we need to view this as... We're strangers. We're aliens Mm -hmm. in this world. And we need to know that and understand that. We don't need to go to Africa to know that we are strangers and aliens Mm -hmm. (laughs) in that country we can look around and know that we're strangers and aliens, but our goal and missions in reaching people for the gospel should look the same. Well said. Yeah. Well said. Yeah, and I think the idea that uh, when it takes me back to when you said the, the petty differences that we get caught up in there, that is often a sign of being probably way too comfortable and familiar. Yeah. Where this is probably more home than it's in, than it should be. Yeah. Because when you're that comfortable is when you start, you know, I mean, think about it with kids in the house, you start fighting over the best seat on the right. sofa yeah. and the, because it's my place and it's my, and it, you never have a fight with somebody, at somebody else's house when you're right. just there as guests. You just know, hey, I'm going to be happy with what I got. Right. I got a seat. I'm, I got a drink. And in a sense, to bring that mentality here yeah. and to not get so caught up in the minutiae of what what is just you know intrinsically here around us, I think is is uh, is good. So I have to ask you: Do you, I assume you want to go back at some point? Um, I would love to go back if God opens those doors. I'd yeah. love Nathan to come sometime. Yeah. But yeah. as um, long as he can podcast remotely from Ghana, of course, sure. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I promise. Whatever you want. Joy, ten days is far too long. <laughs> You know, I mean, we, we, we give them the first seven, but we're talking day eight now. We need a remote call-in show. So just keep that in mind. But uh, the family certainly intends to go back. Yeah. And two of our siblings did not get to go this oh, time. Oh, right, right, yeah. Um, because they're the ones who have children. So and uh, yeah. so it's a little harder to leave. Nathan was uh, very kind in giving me up. Yeah. Um, but um, my uh, sister-in-law is expecting baby number four. Oh, wow. And um, my sister, her youngest, was not quite one yet. So yeah. uh, it was kind of difficult to, to pick up and That's leave. That's hard to pull off. They, yeah. uh, my brother and my sister-in-law and my uh, sister and brother-in-law would love to get over there, too. And our nieces and nephews would love to go over as well. So wow. we'll see. We're Like I said, it was a vision trip, and I think it was a great, you know, God opened a lot of doors. I love um, your dad's moniker for that, so. a vision trip. Yeah. Well, and it was a vision. I mean, it's a vision of, we could look at it in like kind of distinctively, I hate to say this, churchy terms. Right. That a vision trip always does show you kind of the world. It's a lot bigger right. than our world. And mm-hmm. it's, oh my goodness, God loves all these people in so many places, mm-hmm. wants to bring them to himself. But it was a it was a personal vision trip too for your family, what God's done in sewing together these lives. Yes. That's just, that's incredible. Somebody does need to tell that story. One of our family themes is the glory of the impossible. Mm, um, And that God works in us and through us to bring about his purposes to glorify him. Mm. And, um, and that's what we were, we were hoping to do on this trip to, you know, God, the, the impossible of, you know, being sewn together 
Um, So, you know, some of us kids look like our natural parents and some of us behave uh, in ways that are are similar to our our parents. Um, And yet all of us are loved equally so by our parents um, as God, you know, like like you said, you know, he loves the Ghanaians and the yep. Ethiopians and the Americans. And um, and there are so many wonderful differences that he has created and gifted. Um, you know, in what ways can we partner yeah. with them? Well said. Well said. This is good. This is quite a kickoff. This is. This so is I great. think we got it now. Joy's a regular guest. Joy, you're with us every podcast from here on out. Oh, yeah. I think I'd cramp your style. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have, Nathan, felt like i got to be a little better behaved. <laughs> this is all. When Lisa's Just been on, little. I feel that same way. Too. Like, well, you oh. notice I haven't said almost yeah. anything. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. That's Nathan my effect. has a list. That's my effect on my husband. <laughs> Do I see as he was about to say something, each time he had something written down, he crossed it out. Right, I right. I can't say that. I can't say that. And, Joe, I just got to ask you real quick. Uh, you guys, are you both going to be here this coming Sunday? You, If, if you're not, that's fine. I don't well, I don't know, and here's why this is yeah. homecoming weekend. Yeah. Oh, and, right. And right. because it's homecoming weekend, we have the dance, which actually uh, CFC is gracious enough to allow us a backup location exactly. if it rains. If it rains, so, that's right. Matt um, just told me that today. Yeah. Well, so it, it depends on how things go. I yeah. was setting up something because I love it. I just I, I was going to say, when am I going to next see you? At church, you know, so when you come in, I can say, there's joy in the house of the Lord. (laughs) Every time I hear that song now, if it comes on the radio, you know what I think of? It's you. It's you. That's my immediate thought is Greg. So what she's saying is is you've ruined that song. I ruined that worship. There was a good God-honoring, God-redirecting of my mind worship song, and now I have ruined it. I just see Greg. Yeah. Again... As you know, Nathan, this is what Ben did with uh, Abundantly yeah. More because he made jokes. Joy, it's a whole long thing about John Travolta. You may have heard me talk. It's the weirdest thing. Ben, for about two years in his life, I don't know why, related everything back to John Travolta. He would typically say things sometimes when he was heading out the door. One time he left when he was first driving and he came back and he goes, Oh, Mom, Dad, I almost forgot to tell you. We're like, yeah? And he goes, John Travolta was... Uh, uh, he was in Greece, and then he laughed and goes out and drives. <laughs> it's a weird thing. So the one time we're at home singing, it kind of violates a family rule, but it's in the background, and we hear, more than I can ask or think, more than I can fathom, you know. And I just hear Ben kind of in the other room, and he's like, more than I can ask or think, more than John Travolta. <laughs> and I, it's, it's done now. I can never, and hopefully I've ruined everybody listening. Whenever. Well, I'm not going to unhear that. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. So now, Joy, two songs are now ruined by Dutchers. So, uh, Isaac, notice, it's your birthday. You want in here? Yeah, exactly. Notice it. I didn't start with the There's Joy in the House of the Lord. That's right. I, beha- you, I behaved myself to the end. I was actually impressed. But, I was but, expecting that to drop a whole lot of Notice it. I couldn't make it to the finish That's line. That's right. But I I got pretty close to it. <laughs> pretty close. God, God. Uh, this was fun. This was good. Thanks for joining us, babe. Appreciate it. I would say anytime, but I don't really. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say it, but I don't want to lie on your Christian podcast. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, I love it. We'll get you back, Joy. Uh, until the next time, we just rock the pot.
Casba. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I was like, what else are we rocking, dude? Thank you again for listening to these Go to 11, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Once again, please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you ever find yourself in the Forest Hill, Maryland area, please feel free to stop by at 135 Industry Lane, and you can get all of our service times and information at ChristFC.org. These go to 11.